Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Shipra from Mint's personal finance team and today's episode is about the regulation pain points that are ailing the RIA community. Registered investment advisors or RIAs are an endangered tribe. Currently there are only 1325 RIAs as per SEBI. And out of this, only 886 have registered with BSAL, which is a supervisory body that requires RIAs to register with it. So where are the remaining one-third RIAs? There's an increasing trend of registered advisors surrendering their license due to increasing compliances burden and cost. And this is a rather concerning trend because RIAs are the only advisors that provide completely unbiased and conflict-free investment advice to people. So it is important that the RIA community flourish and not shrink. In today's episode, I have invited Rohit Shah, founder and CEO of Getting You Rich Financial Planners, a SEBI registered investment advisor, to discuss this topic. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Rohit, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. Hi, thank you. Thank you Shipra for inviting me. Uh, so Rohit, I think a good way to start would be to give our listeners some context on today's conversation. So why don't we start by you telling us about how regulations have changed for RIA since 2020 as that is when a majority of compliances were introduced by SEBI in its consultation paper. Right. It's been more than 10 years that the RIA regulations have come. and i think the period that you mentioned around 2020 is a landmark period for a couple of reasons uh, before the significant amendments in the act in the september 2020 period or so uh, sebi ran a series of consultation papers and i think this came after the four consultation papers and you know considering the wide spectrum of the practices and the kind of uh, breadth and the depth of the country that we have it was obviously difficult for them to kind of come out with a, a broader you know set of regulation so that is how finally they came out and uh, you know the if you look through the some of the key uh, you know regulations in the 2020 uh, the segmentation of the uh, client level uh, you know in terms of uh, whether you earn as a fee or a distribution income the requirement for education qualification experience qualification certification that you need for yourself and even for your team members uh, then the capital adequacy the net worth you know requirement went up for non individual entities uh, these were some of the key changes uh, you know that sebi brought out in a 2020 circular and you know a firms uh, uh like us i would say that the clarity in the 2020 was extremely helpful because you know as i said the consultation papers after consultation paper kept coming in and there was uh, no clarity in terms of what's the way forward so this was greatly helpful and we also realized that uh, uh you know the compliance is stepping up you know we need to be more careful uh and you know we have more responsibility being the fiduciary being the transparent fee only uh you know rias uh incidentally this period is also marked with sebi you know finally getting the sro in place so i guess somewhere in 2021 uh 
uh, you know the BASL was appointed as the SRO and you know they started kind of helping the RIAs helping the regulator managing the regulation in a better way uh, so i think the 2020 and 2021 has been a key period from that point of view uh, i think the objective from the regulator is around um, uh, you know protecting the end investor and um, you know uh, with the kind of the depth and the breadth uh, uh, that our country has uh there are various uh, kind of uh, modus operandi various business models and all of us receive those you know calls about share trading trying to help us make money very quickly but you know most of them uh, kind of turn out cheating us with the money and i think the regulation is trying to curb such practices by putting together very strong uh, regulations uh and i think this is how the uh, kind of uh, the regulations are evolving uh, obviously from a ria's point of view uh, what it means is that the regulator is regulating regulated uh, and uh, you know the the work still needs to be done about the one uh, you know who are not regulated and you know you would see that a lot of entities misuse uh, you know the advisory licenses a lot of people do advisory without having adequate licenses uh and you know the social media is an area to counter and i think that's a concern not just for sebi it's concern for all other regulators and i don't think it's a concern only for india that's a global issue uh that you know the advices are freely being available and you know sebi has very rightly picked up the finfluencers the financial influencers area uh that a lot of thought process has initiated and they are trying to kind of work out what regulations should you know kind of come eventually there uh uh and you know from that point of view the it's very natural for ris to feel that you know compliance becomes the main focus area and are we getting punished just because we came forward and we said we wanted to work in a client centric fiduciary and a transparent model and uh, that is where uh, uh you know the lot of focus and attention is coming in ensuring that the compliance is there uh this is where you know what you would hear frequently uh, uh from many of the rias uh especially the the young the emerging rias uh in a like a five year six year bracket uh, uh is uh, what the feedback comes out yeah so i recently did a story where i spoke to some rias you know who quit their license and all of them had the same thing to say so they said that you know tightening the regulations is not a problem the problem is the compliance burden which has come with it both in terms of you know uh, the ease of running the business and the compliance costs because it has significantly moved to the costs to a point that for some individual rias uh, you know the economics have stopped making sense of course it's you know these are individual views but what do you have to say on that do you think that by you know in trying to rein in a few bad players sebi might be burdening the rest of the community interesting and uh, you know i would agree with the concerns about the cost overheads i would agree with the concerns of a business viability and you know we have to see this issue from a multiple perspective shibra and you know one of the way you know comes to my mind is that we also have to use empathy from the regulatory stand point of view and you know we all have seen numbers about let's say the number of ri is not growing but if you think about it 
you know sebi also has a very unique challenge and you know i don't think any of us would have ever tried measuring that how many sebi officers exist per you know kind of uh, let's say 10000 of the population in the country uh so you know the kind of challenges that they are facing is very unique uh but what it means is that um, you know it turns out to be uh extremely um, you know kind of a difficult and a cost prohibitive and i'll give you a couple of examples uh you know the regulations that have been put together are very very stringent for example uh it is yet not clear that how the advertisement code touches or does not touch an existing client communication and you know to my mind advertisement is different marketing is different prospecting is different existing client communication are different but if you look through the faqs if you look through the some of the circular language it does seem to include the existing client communication as well and uh, you know with a such a finer and a very very tightly kind of a defined regulation uh, you know all of us would run a very high risk of you know kind of uh somebody doing an interpretation and say you know this is where you are compliant but this is where you are not compliant and by the way guess what the penalty for non compliance under the act uh is about a lakh rupee per day and the total penalties can go up to rupees 1 crore now what this means is that if you are picking up any engagement where our potential revenue is less than 1 lakh then you know just by the economics of a potential a uh, violation of the act you know with the, all the in, intention being at a right place uh, you know any engagement less than 1 lakh wouldn't make sense uh, you know from that point of view the other aspect is uh, is you know even if you look at the uh, very very stringent criteria for example of 5 years of experience the masters education um, and redoing the exam it's not a continued education model and i am yet to come across any other country or any other regulation in in india where you have to give the full exam all over again and you know obviously what that means is that the costs are you know going up significantly and um, you know the very investor that the regulator is trying to protect is yeah. uh, kind of you know needs to bear these cost that's absolutely right because as you pointed that the number of rias are not growing So, for instance, currently, as we say, be there are about thirteen hundred or RIAs, out of which only eight sixty something are registered with BASL. I want to talk about the economics of the business a little bit more because you know when I spoke to one of the ex-RIAs for my story, so uh, this person was an individual RIA, and he said that you know I have small ticket clients, and per client I am earning say twenty thousand rupees. Now, on top of that, if my and I have fifty clients. So on top of that, if annually I have to shell out like thirty thousand on audit, and then another sixty thousand on IT security, uh, you know, uh, this thing uh, exercise, and then there's another small little costs of uh, you know getting your website changed to kind of comply with the regulation and this and that, all of that adds up, and it. I mean, I'm making less than one lakh in a year in a month. which uh, and then of course you know there's this common sentiment also that on the other so there's us and then on the other hand there's a parallel industry of influencers and you know agents and distributors for thriving <laughs> so uh, what are your views on that yeah i think there is a fair observation and which also means that every business model needs a certain level at which you know we should operate 
and um, um, you know if you look at in terms of the potential of the advisory business our experience is that there is a huge demand for a high quality advisory that's right um, so which that's means right. uh, in many ways this is also a business model question that you know if the compliance overheads are at a certain minimum level then we might have to perhaps rework uh, the way our services are positioned and perhaps look at a slightly different uh, set of clients where our average billings can go up this is one way the second way also is that the you know collaboration and kind of forming a group of advisors coming together uh, and you know getting the benefits of the scale is the other way that one could work with um and uh, you know the uh, operating at a scale with an example that you mentioned would surely you know would mean difficult and i think it's also an evolution from an individual uh, point of view where one start the practice because initially the strength takes longer to come but over a bit of time one is able to build that confidence one is able to have the pricing power one is able to show demonstrate that uh, value to the client so perhaps some of this is a transitionary even from the individual investor point of view but i do agree that you know uh, below a certain level of operating the business the compliance overhead will mean that it becomes difficult uh, to operate that's right so so coming to the last question of the podcast uh, what do you think should sebi do differently or can do differently you know to make things a little easy for the community so that uh, you know the community grows and quality advice can eventually reach the investors which which was the you know the aim of introducing ris in the first place yeah you know uh, sebi has got many things right and you know i think all of us would agree that sebi is a very progressive regulator in the country not just ria but for example the way they managing stocks uh, regulation exchanges brokers uh stevi does come out very very different compared to you know let's say the rbi or irdi or the frd uh rda uh it does kind of look out uh, you know to be stronger better progress forward looking trying to look at best practices across the world um and you know in many ways if you look at it the somehow the um the positioning of the act in ria and the efforts which have gone in from the regulator side they do not seem to be bringing in any material difference on the table as of now and um, you know if you look at through the community the stakeholders i think everybody is kind of in an unsat state the neither the rias are happy nor you know the uh, the end investors uh, are so happy with the state of of the affairs nor i would even say the industry the remaining industry participants uh, are so happy um and i think it's a journey and you know we can see that you know the regulator is also constantly taking efforts to step up uh, some of the things which sebi could perhaps uh, think of doing in a different way uh, you know one is that the actual focus of the regulation seems to be to curb the mal practices design a very fine very very a deeply defined regulation so that you know uh, the culprit can be kind of uh, caught and you know it can be tightly kind of defined as per the regulation because see the uh, the the democracy also has pitfalls and one of the way you know the some of these 
not so uh, you know good businesses play the democracy game is that keep challenging the regulator by you know litigating the matters and say you know doing a business is my fundamental right and you know you cannot cap my fees you cannot do this and then you know these things kind of keep dragging on so one of the way for sebi is to define regulation in a very tight manner so that it become difficult for somebody to litigate now the drawback of this is this upsets the people who are doing the job in the right way in the right spirit and trying to help the very investor that sebi wants to invest so i think there needs to be some balance and i think the one of the way to handle these crooks or the fraudsters is to keep acting on a deterrent basis uh and you know once you set the precedent and i think this is where majority of the regulation regulators work all over the world in my opinion so once you set a deterrent once you set a very heavy you know penalty or a precedent then you know the people who do who do the things in a wrong way are very heavily discouraged right now the the result of the regulation is that the right people are getting discouraged and the wrong people continue to do what they want to do and that's an unfortunately a very serious problem that the regulator needs to address uh, so i think this is one thing that sebi could consider that how their efforts are directed to you know kind of discourage the wrong people and encourage the right people the second is the awareness in the country about rai regulation you know this is where i think uh, the regulator can help um and you know this is where if you go back to some of the discussion it's not about uh, you know an advisor's ability to earn the fee is an advisor's ability to provide a value uh, so it's a value proposition you know which is where a client would be logically be okay to pay certain amount of compensation gotcha. that's where that awareness uh, is required the third thing is is that the way regulations have developed uh, shipra the community has taken raia in a very negative way and this is the crux why the number has not grown and i think that is where perhaps if the regulator is able to come forward and give that confidence to the industry for example you know there are thousands of mutual fund distributors and i'm i'm sure they'll be happy to work in a uh in a transparent fiduciary client centric manner i'm sure they'll be happy to offer direct loan services to a client or you know do more of passive products or you know do more of a value based engagement if they were to get a confidence that you no know, regulator wants to help them regulator wants to build this community and you know regulator is not going to be after you unless you are seriously violating the norm in the spirit and the client is really upset with you so i think if those confidence building communication comes from the regulator then you know this number we can easily add a zero to this number so those are the three key you know suggestions i would have for the regulator shipra right right all right so that brings us to the end of uh, our podcast thanks a lot rohit for taking out the time and uh, you know sharing your uh, views with us thanks thank you my pleasure shipra thank you so much for inviting me that brings us to the end of today's episode if you would like to know more about this topic or make a suggestion of a personal finance topic that you would like us to cover i can be reached at twitter under the username of shipra singh sorath and on linkedin at shipra singh thank you for tuning in see you in the next episode this was a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast